Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bonjour, Bitch. And this morning, I'm very pleased to have my lovely husband, Antonio, with us again this morning. Hi, Antonio. Hello, good morning, Charlotte. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that is very close to both of us and that we've been going through for the past few months, which is IVF. Yeah, IVF is a bitch too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so for once, I haven't really prepped any questions because I wanted this to be an open conversation between us and for you guys to listen to because it's such a personal thing that we've been going through for the past six months, one year nearly in total from the first time we sort of started um, seeking help to conceive and to talk about it, not just from my point of view as a woman, but also from our point of view as a couple and from Antonio's point of view as a man, because I think I've discovered the way a man goes through it and it is even more taboo than when a woman goes through it. So just to take you through a bit of our history. So we got married in 2018 and we were then trying for about seven months. Nothing happened. And we then went to see a specialist and I started taking some hormone tablets. And basically we were then told, okay, go home. You're, you know, after days and days and days of scans. Okay, yes, you've now got enough ovaries produced. They're going to release within the next four days. Go home, have sex. That's a good, that's the, the big good thing, only the good thing for this thing. But the stress, the overthinking that is happening at the same time is basically affecting a lot. Yeah, and it starts to affect your relationship. And obviously, I'm on hormones this whole time. So the usual hormonal things happen. And then it also, first two days of being told to have sex, yeah, great, amazing. Last two days of having to have sex, not so fun anymore. You sort of like, again, it just feels very forced. Or how did you feel about it? I never felt forced to have sex with you, my love. But... It is true that the hormones and the stress, it is noticed and it's not the same. It's not making love, it's, making, it's doing sex. And it's not the same and it doesn't feel natural. Also, going through the hormones and the stress and you overthinking a lot. If you think that with Brightzilla, everything finished, but then you have trying to have babies is even worse because when you are taking hormones, just putting numbers to these, a woman, when she is having the period, is normally on uh, 500 levels for the, these specific hormones. When Charlotte's taking these uh, additional hormones to boost the production of eggs, or it go, can go up to 10,000. Yeah, so that's... So it's like that's, 20 periods but that's, together. That's what I had 
on the last round of IVF and we'll get back to that. Yeah, but that's the max. But yes. it, it shows you that but it goes a little bit more than, oh, you have the period. And I think it's a taboo when, when men said that. But it's really affecting your your character, your sense of humor. You can take things wrong, but for no reason. So that's the the the, the worst point of trying this. It's, a, it's affecting you, your, your speech and, and your character. And you are not the same person that I know. I think for you you really sort of realized throughout this year because we started in March of last year taking hormone supplements and then it escalated to IVF in the past sort of six to seven months. I think for you, what you sort of realized was that when I do say, you know, hormones affect me, whether it's on a normal period or during this whole process, I'm not bullshitting you. Like it genuinely does affect me and I think that's something that men in general find it hard to understand and maybe you know there's always that oh it's that time of the month excuse it isn't just an excuse and I think obviously we've seen it at huge levels where I've lost my concentration nearly on the verge of being more depressed than anything else just taking a bitch yeah 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 basically we started with these hormone pills Mm -hmm. right they worked Initially, yes, we got pregnant when we were away in Marrakesh for a weekend. So chilled, relaxed, etc. And then we had a miscarriage at six weeks. And I think the hardest part of that miscarriage was we knew that we were pregnant. And then two blood tests later, we got phoned up by our doctor and he explained to us that I was going to have a miscarriage within 24 hours because the blood test, instead of doubling, had halved and so we were going to experience a miscarriage. I took it very personally and was just in floods of tears for about two, three days. And I think the worst part of it for me mentally was the baby was still there I still had all the symptoms of early pregnancy but I'd been told medically it was going to go and it had to go by itself otherwise I would have to have an operation to have it removed and I remember just going to bed and thinking please 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 try and stick in there please stay there please 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 just holding my tummy just praying 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 and I'm not a religious person at all and just like hoping that the doctors were wrong that it would be fine that etc and I remember it took me about three days to even ask you how you were feeling about it because I was just so deep into no, I can make a difference. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in control of my life, of control of my body. I can make a difference. I can make it stick. I can make it stay. Yeah, well, I suffer more from how you were feeling than for me. I don't have change in anything in my life or in my body on these six weeks. So it, it is not affecting me so much, but it's affecting me how you were feeling. Um, something that surprised me at the beginning, it was that the doctor was saying we have psychological support and I was thinking well that's really good for Charlotte and the doctor turned around and said no 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 it is for you too you don't know what you're going to go through and that was my first hit thinking oh hold on this is going to be more psychological for both than only for her 
and it has been tough because you, you you don't you cannot do anything and you are suffering and you are trying to do something and you cannot do anything more than having sex but no you can do anything else to make it, it happen so yeah it's, it's a tough it's, it's not an easy time yeah it was tough and so we lost um the pregnancy and I bled for about four and a half weeks, which two weeks into it, I sort of called my doctor and said, am I bleeding to death? Because is it normal? <laughs> but this lasts for such a long time. Uh, you know, as a woman, I think you grow up and you sort of know about your periods, you know about pregnancy or, you, you know, what you read in books and you know that, yeah, you can lose a baby and it's miscarriage. And basically when you lose a baby, there's blood fine great that's what you basically know as an educated woman you never get told that you could be bleeding for up to six weeks for a six-week pregnancy loss which is insane you never ever get told that you never get told of the cramping pains you never get told of the side effects of this and the mental side effects of it because you have to go on with life as normal your body hormonally is still pregnant so you still have the side effects of being in the early stages of pregnancy yet you know that you're losing it because you're bleeding so much every single day and you're just half not wanting to lose it, half there being like, well, it has to go naturally, otherwise I'm going to have to go under to have it taken out, even at that early stage. And I think it's a massive, massive, massive mind fuck. And I know that I went to speak to somebody, to a psychologist, to help me understand it, especially I'm a control freak. So for me, it really affected me in the sense that I couldn't control what was happening inside my body in any way, shape or form. And it massively helped me. And basically, we made the decision that we would take a break during the summer months. I was going to be in France anyway for a few months. Antonio was going to come and visit on and off. And we just thought there's no point putting me through hormonal pill treatment if there's no guarantee that we're actually going to be together when D-Day comes that, oh, you've got 24 hours to have sex now. So we took the summer holidays off. It was really lovely to just relax and not think about it. And, and that's then, a good point. Relax and not overthinking. Yeah, and it helped. And then we came back in September to London. And by then I'd sort of made a decision that if I was going to put my body through hormones and the side effect of these, then I wanted my doctor and his team to pull their weight in terms of medical support. And that for me meant going straight to IVF and skipping the usual sort of IUI which is offered. For those of you that don't know, IUI is basically when you take your partner's sperm or the donor's sperm and you inject it with a sort of best way to explain this would be like a small turkey baster into you and you just sort of hope and pray that it takes IVF is the next step further where they remove your eggs and they take your partner's sperm and they basically make them come together in a lab in vitro 
and then they insert the embryo that is already five days old inside the woman and then you wait for two weeks and see if you're pregnant so we decided to go down the IVF route yeah. also with the IVF route you don't have the gambling of the eggs and the sperm are good because when you are doing the IVF there are several process after where you are checking if the, the f they fertilize that's the first one because some of them they don't fertilize they're not good enough to fertilize then they grow and then when the, not all of them grow so you have another step it's like oh this is fertilized but it doesn't go anywhere now you have some of them that they finally made it to grow and then for those to grow you also have the chance that they are genetically incorrect so do you have you have well, extra the chromosomes the genetical step is something that you can choose to add on not all clinics and hospitals offer but that was it. one of our worries yeah we find out after doing a lot we find out that not all of them are suited and we're not talking about chromosome of down syndrome or something like that it's definitely a chromosome that doesn't make the pregnancy happen so doing IVF we just cut down a lot of chances to have a pregnancy that is not going anywhere Well, basically, it got to a point where I just thought, you know, I don't want to continue this sort of, you know, take some hormone pills, go home, have sex. If it works, yay, great. And then potentially have to go through a miscarriage again. The, you know, the miscarriage that we had in June of last year really, really, really affected me and sort of robbed me of the potential happiness of the early stages of pregnancy when you find out. So we did the first round of IVF. So first of all, we did all of our blood tests, which are multiple blood tests. I mean, they took, I think, eight little bottles of my blood. And you too, right? Yeah. Like loads, literally needed a good chocolate bar after that. And then they tested us for literally everything under the sun to see if even jointly we could like transmit anything, etc. We were all clear. We were all fine. They tested our chromosomes. They tested everything. We weren't carriers of anything, thank God. And basically we then started our first IVF cycle. Um, I received my sort of... Don't skip my part. Pack. We ha I have to test myself first as well. Oh yeah, you had to, to test to your sperm too. Yeah, because many, many times it's only testing the woman if she can get pregnant, but they just leave till, till the end for the man to test. And they asked me to test very early on. And the nurse called Charlotte instead of me, saying, I don't know if you want to tell your husband the results, but he's a stallion. He has a, a, a above average. The nurse did not say you were a stallion. You've made that up. Well, but you know, the nurse long said, story short. The nurse said you had above average in quantity and quality. There you are, stallion. <laughs> oh, God. But saying, I'm saying this because this also had an impact on Charlotte, thinking, wow, it's not not my husband is really me who cannot conceive so this was another hit something that was amazing for me and my mates then end up being a little bit more of a hit for Charlotte I just think you know it's one of those things so I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries just before we started to seek help and which was actually one of the reasons why we were told that we could 
start having help sooner than the um than the average we know normally people wait a year and a half two years um and you know we were able to be taken care of as of seven months of trying because of my polycystic ovaries which we then discovered were not just polycystic ovaries but also lazy ovaries so i spent 15 years of my life taking the pill religiously to not fall pregnant ends up I probably never released an egg in my whole life. So that has its positives and negative. Positives, it means I have a huge stock of eggs that we can use for IVF. Negatives, I just cannot seem to conceive unless my ovaries are pumped on something. So first round of IVF, I got given a big pink bag by my doctor that had all of my injections and syringes and mixtures and my sharp bin for my bathroom. Your bathroom turned into a laboratory, basically. Literally, I had, so he taught me in his clinic how to do my first injection because I was petrified of it. So to grab my tummy fat, for once it's practical to have tummy fat, and did my first injection. And then I had to sort of gain confidence as we went through it. Initially, I couldn't look at myself, actually put the syringe through my skin. Then within about a week, I did, got used to it. And essentially the side effects are being exhausted, losing concentration, not particularly being very sociable. You just want to sort of stay at home and just be comfortable. And you bloat so much within about a week, I couldn't fit into any of my normal trousers. Um, Thank God that it was autumn and winter, so I could buy some beautiful cashmere joggers. um, And just- That's how you do it, of course. Well, I mean, you know, with style, (laughs) come on, I need to at least be comfy. And yeah, I ended up with a huge bruise stomach and you sort of it's very bizarre you just don't want to do anything your memory completely goes I couldn't remember anything at all and you're so focused on this so first round we did we got 11 eggs nine fertilized we got six embryos and then we got the news that only one of those embryos was healthy and I burst into tears because I just thought this is so much hard work for just one healthy embryo. Yeah, but we were lucky. We had one. Yeah, I know. Because many people go on three, four cycles and they get nothing. I know. Looking looking backwards, it is a positive. We at it least is. get got one that is healthy. And hindsight is a great thing. But I also think it was just... I was hoping for at least two or three. I, I, just, I just wanted a bit more and our doctor had a chat with us and said look you have two choices here one we implant this one there's very high chances that it'll take and you'll have a healthy baby and that'll be amazing but then you have to be aware that you probably will have to have IVF to conceive in the future again and hence you would need to do all of this again having a newborn and your eggs will be one year older etc or we freeze this healthy one And we do another couple of cycles back to back because if your average is that you get one healthy embryo per cycle and we would like at least two, three children. To build up a stock. um, To build up a sort of reserve to then 
never have to go through IVF again and have this sort of stock. And we chose option B because I just thought, right, it's the winter. Let's just power through this. Let's get it done. And then 2020 can be focused around actually implanting and getting pregnant. So waited for my period to come post IVF. Didn't come. Had a pregnancy test. Pregnant. Um, we, the basically, came back. <laughs> we basically got pregnant by accident whilst we were in Bruges and obviously doing a weekend yeah. where you were not focused on having no. a baby I need to add now that as far as you go through these you start to talk to people about these things and people tell you well that happened to my friend or that happened to me or that happened to my uncle or whoever they these situations happen more and more between people but they don't speak about it miscarriage is far more common than we think also more people go through IVF but they don't speak about it and many of them they always share the story that yeah they went through two cycles of IVF they got nothing they gave up and then two th years later all of a sudden they get pregnant and it's naturally and it's because they are relaxed they don't push so much to have a baby to overthink and happen naturally recently i heard a story that they were about to start ivf and then they got pregnant it's not a science that is you have you do ivf and works it, it is a lot of psychological and the bodies that are unpredictable i at also that point. think everybody has their own way that works for them and i think you know that There's not one way works for everybody. And, you know, you sort of have to respect that our way of doing it as well has been very different. So we got pregnant in November and then we had another miscarriage just before Christmas. This time I was seven weeks pregnant and same thing, did all the blood tests, did an additional blood test because I wanted to make sure that it was past the previous stage of the other miscarriage that I had and that's when they told us that we were going to have a miscarriage and this time I was a lot more sort of matter of fact thinking okay I just don't want to bleed for four weeks again because that was horrible and actually bled for four days very intensely I mean I could not leave the house the first two days I was in so much pain and then done in a week we and was then done, done And I didn't let myself get excited about it anyway this time. I think you got a little bit more excited about it. But I just was so, nope, until we get to three months, I'm not even thinking that it's going to happen. I don't really believe it. It'll probably go. And, you know, I think when it happened, I was sort of like, okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. Fine. Let's just crack on with the next round of IVF, yeah. which so is what the, we did. At this time is when... So you were you were not very happy. You needed some extra psychological support, and I thought a puppy can help. So we have an 11 years old dog, Coco, that she was going through cancer. So she was a fighter. She went through chemo, and she survived the sessions. She actually started very early on on how do you say it properly recession or remission remission. So that was a boost for Charlotte in terms of if she can go through cancer and in a couple of sessions of chemo she can recover, why I cannot recover for something that is not as hard yeah, as cancer. Sure. Like, so that was one extra psychological her. push. And the second one, it was getting Frida, a new puppy, to give more life to Coco and to give more 
uh, work to Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I would not recommend if you're going through IVF to get a puppy. It's great to take your mind off things, but it's the cleaning up of piss and shit is not great. But yeah, and so January came around. As soon as I was okay physically to go through it, we did one round and literally took a week's break and then did a second round. So we literally did two rounds back to back and we finished these rounds three weeks ago. And now we literally got last night the final results and we now have a total of across the three cycles, 16 healthy embryos. The third round, they took 22 eggs from me. I was absolutely huge and pain and everything. And yeah, we've now got 16 healthy embryos. I'm taking a couple of months off to let my body breathe and recover from a year of non-stop hormones. Yeah, as well. And yeah, we're looking forward. We're really optimistic. We are going to decide now to terminate the unhealthy embryos that we still have in stock because they don't terminate them unless you sign everything off. IVF, for those of you that are going through it or will do or might do one day, is a lot, a lot, a lot of paperwork as well. So many contracts to it's sign. It's the most regulated procedure in the UK yeah. medically. So you, you will sign you will sign thousands of times some papers and lot of text to Every make sure that you cycle, understand what you're going through. etc. Which I think is good because it also makes you think, you know, if one of you passes away, if one of you separates, what does the other one have the right to, etc. Um, and it makes you think about things. And, you know, I just think we're so grateful to the team that we have that is supporting us and our families that are supporting us in this and the fact that we have each other as well. And, you know, I think... You have to be a really strong team to go through this. And it's not over yet. And hopefully next season we'll be talking about well, early stages of pregnancy. <laughs> um, and how much of a bitch all of that is. And yeah, it's it's a struggle. But talk about it. Please, please, please do talk about it. Do reach out to people. You know, one in four women goes through a miscarriage. And those are the ones that know that they've gone through a miscarriage. My very first one was a very late, very heavy period. I didn't know I was pregnant. And that's how I sort of figured out that it was a miscarriage afterwards. More and more people are resorting to IVF and IUI. And it somehow is this huge taboo in society that, you know, is it because you feel a failure that you can't get pregnant and conceive naturally? You know, the odds are a normal, healthy couple in their early 30s, their natural chances of conceiving are only 20% with no medical assistance. So, you know, with the lifestyles that we lead, with the less free time that we have, it's no surprise that IVF is more and more being used. And yeah, it is fucking frustrating, but you have to talk about it, especially with your partner and your close friends and family, because otherwise you will feel alone and you will feel that it's all a bit too much. And the more you talk about it, the more, first of all, you spread information because people genuinely do not understand it. So many of my friends, when I said to them, oh, you know, we're going through IVF, oh, congratulations. And then having spoken to them afterwards, they realized, oh, actually, it's not congratulations. It's, are you okay? Do you need support? Can I help with anything? Because you're just at the sort of beginning of the process 
and it's grueling. I mean, so many mornings I'd wake up, do my injections, do my little mixes, tap my little needle and everything. And I felt like a junkie. I felt like an absolute junkie injecting myself. You look like a junkie. Yeah, no, especially in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's tough, but you know, make sure you're not alone in it and just- And be patient. Yeah. Try to understand what she's going through. Take your time. If you need to go for a beer, go. Speak with your mates. Make it that is not a taboo. Don't hide it under the pillow. And speak about it. It's, it the, 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 it's, when it's out, it doesn't sound that difficult. It's just tough time, but you can get through. It's only for a short period of time in reality. But even when you spoke about it with people at work and with our friends and with your male friends, they all understood. And most of them knew somebody who had gone through it as well. Yeah, and they give you some tips between your friends. You know how you, how you are and what you can do. And they, they help you to, to go through. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. We hope this episode has helped. Tune in soon to hear of the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Bitches.